there is a very different set of circumstances needed to get it to seven-figure business. Now, uh, who here in the room agrees with me and they have powered themselves to a six-figure business? Uh, and by six-figure business, I mean that within one calendar year, you generate six figures in revenue. Let's see those thumbs. I want to see uh, the fellow six-figure business owners, Maria, awesome. Come on, don't be shy. Okay, I see one thumb, another thumb, Nadia, great, Ahmed, awesome, okay. Now, what is, I said, the uh, way of getting yourself from six to seven is requires a little bit more than willpower and being smart. Now, one of the first things that I noticed is habits. I told you we would talk about habits. Habits are what you set in place to be stronger than what willpower can do for you. Uh, we write this down. Circumstances over willpower. Or better yet, environment over willpower. If you create an environment that fosters habits, then you can get things done on the days where you don't feel like it. Who knows? Maybe today I didn't feel like going live. Nobody knows. No, actually today I looked forward to it. But on some days that's just not the case. But if I create a mindset, a habit, a mindset of habits where it's just not a question. I have an agenda, I have a, a process for the day, I have a routine for the day, and the habits are stronger than myself, right? We all know the importance of morning routines. So many people speak about it, getting up, meditating, praying, reading, journaling, planning, planning the day, that kind of thing. Now, if you, if you get into the habit of doing that, that is very powerful because not every morning you'll feel like it. You'll be, you'll be sleepy or, you know, your relatives, your family is kind of distracting you a little bit. But you, no matter what, have the habit of doing that for yourself. That is just applied to the morning routine. There's a lot more things, of course, in business that um, there are different kind of habits that you need to build. Now, the power of habits is that no matter where you go physically or mentally, the habits allow you to build circumstances that you can transport anywhere in your life. Maybe life forces you to relocate. Maybe you want to travel a little bit more. Maybe the economic background in your country changes and you have to change locations or change circumstances in that way. But your habit is something that nobody can take away from you. It travels with you. Next on my list. By the way, who, likes, who here likes the idea of, of fostering strong habits? Give me a clap. Give me a clap. I want to see some claps. I won't go. I won't move forward without those claps. Uh, come on, yeah, okay, awesome, thank you for those claps, thank you for those claps. Uh, by the way, um, all the people here on stage are uh, people, are creatures of habit, so if you're not following us yet, please do so now, because one aspect of building habits is to be in touch with others who have good habits. Why? Because you see them being consistent and you don't want to be the one that is not. You see them grow, you see them win in life and you don't want to be the one who is not doing that. My dear friends, the four people on stage right now are extremely successful people. They are all seven-figure business owners. And some of them have done that within a very, very fast amount of time. Very fast. 
Uh, right. Point number two. This is important. Ideas, open-mindedness. There are so many ideas I could bring to the table here. You know, you know the saying of if you are doing something and you keep doing it and you want to have change, like get from a six-figure business to a seven-figure business, you need to do something different. Moving from a six to a seven-figure business always requires you to do something different. But in order to do something different, you need to have new ideas in your mind. You need to be exposed to new ideas and you need to be willing to give it a try and follow the data. Things either work for you or they don't. But you can only find out if they work for you if you try. Now, I will argue that one of the most prolific areas in the next five to ten years to turn your business into a seven-figure business is going to rely on three elements, my dear friends. And you have experts in those fields on stage right now. Element number one, understanding how to implement artificial intelligence into your business. Understanding that artificial intelligence is what's gonna allow you to become a seven-figure business. Understanding that we are just at the beginning of a gold rush, my dear friends. Just like when the iPhone came up and there all of a sudden was a thriving environment of apps. Same thing here, just with AI. And you need help navigating that landscape. You need help pointing out when and what to use. Because how many apps are being released every day and it's only going to go faster and faster and faster and you feel a little bit overwhelmed? You need an AI navigator. Well, I can tell you when it comes to the field of brand building and influence, you have Sinead Moray and myself who offer very good guidance on that daily moving forward on the YouTube channel. So if you click Shanae's face or my face and click the link in our bio, it'll go to a YouTube channel where daily we will be live showing you visually how AI can be used. Okay, so that's enough about AI. Number two, you need to understand with the power of AI and with that leading to a lot of noise, because now all of a sudden people who were never good at formulating ideas are going to be good at formulating ideas because it's not them who has to do it, it's AI. So it's harder for you to stand out. So you need to become very good at building trust online. And that is something else, my dear friends. That is something else because trust still happens from human to human. Trust has a component of longevity. Trust have a, has a component of understanding human psychology. So number two is become good in trust building to build, to take your business from six to seven. Number three in the category of ideas and open-mindedness is you need to start seeing yourself as a community builder. You need to start seeing yourself as a community builder because it will be your community that learns to trust and learn from you and that sees you every day. It will be your community that is going to take you from six to seven because... They are the ones that will either buy from you or send people to buy from you. So many of you in this room right now will, after we are done, know 
that this Shanka Ponsley guy seems to somewhat know what he's talking about. And I trust him because he took this time on a Saturday morning to provide value for me. So let's build, let's see. Um, I don't know if all of you have shared the room, but I want to reset this again here and bring in more people into the room. I think by now you know this is worth it. I know if you have done what I told you, would just take pen and paper, then you have already a good set of notes. We need more people exposed to this idea, so please use the invite or share button and don't be greedy. Next. Okay, go ahead. Finish your list and then I'll add. Oh, the list is long. You better get in now, Shanae. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I think I want to add just two big things, maybe three. But the first thing is to not have a goal of a million dollars. And it sounds um, counterintuitive, but first of all, when you make it, you realize that your goal should have been much bigger, number one. Number two, you, it, you're only getting paid because you make a difference in people's lives. So the first mind shift, and this isn't coming from me, this is advice given to me from a real life billionaire, is not having the money as a goal. So you should have a goal to help, let's say, 10,000 people, or to help 1,000 people, or to help a million people. And if you help a million people, hopefully you'll be much more than, a, you'll be multimillionaire. But you get the point. The goal should be on the number of people that you want to impact. So that's just, if if you do one thing today, just shift your mindset with that and then write your number down on a piece of paper. The other thing is that your number doesn't have to be massive for you to make an impact. Some people want to make the impact of a billion people, seven billion people. Other people just want to impact a hundred or a thousand. That's fine but just know your number. This, the second thing is that you have to put in the work to, to be able to raise your prices because the first thing that you want to do, the first, the easiest thing that you could do is raise your prices to double or triple your business. But you will not be able to raise your prices and sustain your business if you cannot deliver the result. So you have to, I want to say, eat dirt for a little bit, uh, a year or two years until literally your clients look you in the face and say, you need to charge more, <laughs> right? Like your, your clients need to be the ones telling you to raise your prices because like you're, you're, you're just charging too low, right? Then you, you can double or triple or whatever, but then you won't have problems because sometimes people triple their price too soon and then they run into a lot of problems and they can't, they don't have the demand. The thing correlated with pricing, which is like really the second thing and the pricing would be the third thing is that you can't increase price if you don't have the demand. You will not have the demand if you don't build your brand. All right. So put that on a piece of paper somewhere. You cannot increase price unless you have the demand you will not have the demand unless you build your brand, right? So this is a long-term game. If you want to triple or quadruple or 5X or 10X your price within a year or three years, you will start to build your brand now. And then you'll be able to do that. And then if you're making 250 in the audience right now, in two years, you'll definitely be able to more than 5X your price. And there you go. Plus, you'll have the same demand or more because you would have built your brand. And it will be inevitable for you to build a seven-figure business. So that's just what I have to share. Proceed, Shankar. All right. Thank you. And what you mentioned about not making the money goal but the helping goal is so spot on. <clears throat> because here's what's going to happen. And I never believed this. I never believed this. But... Once it happened to me, I was like, wow, this is true. Here's what's going to happen. There is a certain amount of income that you make in a year after you um, 
cross that, it doesn't make a difference in your life anymore, happiness-wise. Because you don't know what to do with the money. I think here in the United States, it's been said to uh, that's around, depending on which region you live in, it's around seventy to $120,000 per year. That is a, a threshold. Once you cross that and it becomes more and more and more, you, you just like, you make the money. But if you base your happiness and fulfillment around that, you will find out, oh, that doesn't make me happy. As a matter of fact, it just uh, lets me worry about it and I buy all of this stuff and I have to maintain it and that's not what I want. It's not going to fulfill you and it's not going to make you a sustainable business owner. On the other hand, however, if your business is built on a mission that fuels your heart, that is makes you want to get up every morning and makes you happy, makes you passionate, then you find happiness, then you find the willingness to walk this difficult path of entrepreneurship. And then the money follows automatically. That happens automatically. And you will make more and more and you will use it to scale. Because in order to make more money, you'll spend more money. And in order, money is like energy. You invest it and you have more energy to move things that you care about in your own life and in your clients' lives. So very important point Shanae made. Uh, next point on my list is the team that you have around you. Never underestimate the team. Never underestimate the team. It is not you as the founder or CEO who is the rock star. It is your team. Because they enable you to be in your zone of genius. They enable you to maximize the efficiency of your time. So you want to find a team that is a good fit for your business and for, for you. And then cherish them, take good care of them, because I strongly believe if you take care of your team, they will take care of your clients. And by the way, your team, depending on what business setup you have, might not be a traditional team of a large number of employees. Your team might be your spouse. Your team might be uh, your children. Who knows? Anyone who puts you in a position that lets you do exactly what it is that you do, where you create value in life. Give me a clap, by the way, if what Shanae said has really added to your list. Did you write this down? Give me a clap here. I need to see the claps. We're not going to continue without the claps. Okay, I see the claps. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. All right, the next part here is very important as well. It's, you know, your cash flow situation. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. Why? Because you need to understand that you need to work with an expert, typically a good book bookkeeper, right? You need to be able to look at your numbers at least once a week and you need to have confidence that the numbers are accurate i.e. have a good bookkeeper and you need to be confident that the numbers give you KPIs and indicators that let you make the best decision for your business. You need to know at any given point in time in your business this aspect of your business is making me money and this one I lose money here. And I can guarantee you, if you are full steam ahead in a six-figure business that is based on willpower and on your smartness, you might be very well in a situation where you don't have that knowledge about your numbers. So get yourself a good bookkeeper and learn the basics of your finances in your business. Don't neglect this. It is important. 
Next on my list, systems. As you grow and as business volume increases, you need to have checklists. If you haven't taken the time yet to do that, it is time now to do it. Even if you are a one-person business, as you get busier and busier and as the volume increases, your brain space, your brain power of what you can focus on is only so much. So you need to implement systems, often known as SOPs in business speak. Have a person who has a mind for that in your business. Maybe very often if you are the founder and the CEO, the visionary, your mind is not really tilted that way. Your mind is, you know, I see visions, I want to go full steam ahead, I want to get things done, I want to implement new ideas. But all of that creates work that needs to be streamlined. And if it is not streamlined, it's going to be a lot of chaos. And chaos is not very nice. Chaos is not very seven-figure-like. Next on my list, be open to collaborations with people who are at the right level. We have this tendency as CEOs and founders who got to a six-figure level, we believe that we are just awesome. We are the ones that made this happen. We are the self-made man or the self-made woman. And, you know, we don't need anyone to help us. We, ne we don't need collaborations. We can get there ourselves. Well, that is very wrong. And even if it is true, you can take an enormous shortcut by being open-minded to collaborations. Um. So where do you find people to collaborate with? Well, you find them within circles that are worthy of collaboration on both sides. So what I have found, my dear friends, is that you found, find those circles, especially when we talk about that level where we go from six to seven, you find those people within areas that are where there's some sort of gate that prevents everyone from flooding in. And this is very imp important, this gatekeeping system. Usually, it is the gate, the barrier to overcome is some kind of financial commitment. You either pay a nice membership in a country club or you are part of an amazing mentorship group, a mastermind group. And the fact that everybody is at a level where they understand they have to pay to get access to that makes sure that the people you meet within those confines are of the quality where those collaborations are fruitful for you. Because you need to learn that as you have a certain level of success time becomes your most precious commodity. And every smart business owner will understand that. And when people don't have skin in the game, when people don't have a financial commitment into something, you will have a lot of time wasters that roam around thinking, hmm, whose time can I waste next? Give me a heart if you agree with that, if you have time wasters and time suckers and takers all around you all the time, give me a heart if you can relate to that. Because that heart indicates that you are ready to go from six to seven. If you don't give Shantar, me a heart, what? What, Andrea? <laughs> Tell Hello. me. I had to jump in and yes. talk about that. It really comes down to your mindset. Mind your mindset. Because mm -hmm. wealth isn't just about having a lot of money. It's about understanding, like, the value of your time over money. And then um, when you learn to value your time, you will start having a wealth mindset. Mm -hmm. Because you're more interested in learning and growing. And people who aren't enabling you to do that because they are taking your time are preventing you from achieving your goal. 
so, and it kind of comes down to what Shanae was saying earlier as well, but yeah, I mind your mindset. This is obviously so much bigger than money. And if you understand that, put a heart in the audience. If you understand building a seven figure business is not about money. It's a result of what you're aiming for. Money is a beautiful byproduct of having a really strong work ethic and you're creating value. You're not chasing money. I had to jump in cause I didn't want to forget. And then I, had, and then I had, um, one more, which is risk tolerance. Be ready to step out of your comfort zone. If you're risk averse, I'm sorry, but making big money is going to be a challenge for you. Um, luckily I'm the operator. I'm the COO and not the CEO. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that if you are a uh, wealth creation, it, it just involves these calculated risks and you have to be willing to step outside your comfort zone. And that is something that you learn over time, but you just have to have a willingness to do. Thank you, Andrea. Yeah, so very true. And I mean, anyone who wants to work on their mindset, Andrea is the woman to follow. She is my partner in life and business. She operates uh, the business that I have and she is just amazing to follow. And she will fill up your cup every day, 7 a.m. Central Time. She will fill up your cup. The other part of getting access to the right people, if you haven't noticed yet, I will tell you again, uh, Shanae and I, we are the right people. So we want to be able to educate you more in all of the aspects addressed so far. And one of the very best ways to do that is right now, click Shanae's face or my face and then follow the link in our profile and subscribe to that YouTube channel. Because that is where we, very often for your visual learners out there, where, where we will pre uh, present important information. <clears throat> now do that. Do that now. Because here's the next rule. Action takers always win. Action always beats inaction. I ask myself every day, do I want to be lazy and complacent or do I want to take action now? And I take action even if I don't feel like it is the habit of action taking. I am an actionist. <laughs> I am an action taker. All right. So do it. You won't regret it. I am an action taker and you are an action taker. And I will finish my last point before we give a little bit more time to the people on stage with the idea of you either get from six to seven by increasing volume. If you have maybe a low priced product that you sell or by increasing price high ticket depending on what you do what Shanae alluded to last uh, earlier but no matter what whether it's volume or price you need in today's day and age increase your reach you need to have a way to bring your genius in front of the people who need it. And we are full force going into the direction of decentralization of ideas in all aspects. In finance, for those of you who are knowledgeable about that, but also in influence in social media in idea propagation you need to become an expert in delivering the message and also in distributing the message 
And that again, my dear friends, Shanae and I, we specialize in that. And we need you to put your focus on what we put out there for you every single day. All right, that's, believe it or not, that is what I had on my list for today. And for those of you who are curious, it is a bullet point list. I have nine words on here. Everything else just came spontaneously to my mind because I am a true expert in the field and because I walk my own talk, because I actually have walked away from immigrant to self-made millionaire in the United States. And that is very important. You got to know your... Shanae would probably say you got to know your shit, okay? I would say you got to know your field of expertise. But she's right. You got to know your shit. <laughs> you got to know what you're talking about. Otherwise, it's very, very difficult. Um, Shanae, any thoughts you want to add? No, I'd, I'd just, I'd love to answer questions mm -hmm. if anyone... And, you know, I'll add that, that I'll just add, you have to think long-term or you should think long-term and make the process easier for you. Um, and to have this type of inevitable mindset that you're going to do the right activities, you're going to seek guidance from people that have been there, done that. And to see it kind of just like a formula, just like if I were to give you a recipe to go bake an apple pie, You would trust the recipe, you'd trust the oven, you'd probably trust yourself enough to bake the apple pie. But when it comes to, hey, go build this thing, and this is what's advised, a lot of, a lot of the blockage is self-trust um, and belief. And that, those type of things are eradicated when you hang out with the right people. And when you see that people that came from where you came from did it too. And when you get that exposure. So, um, yeah, now it's the opportunity to just ask whatever question. It could be about increasing pricing. It could be about mindset. But we're here on stage. I know Maria's also here. Maria's grown massively over the last year. And I'm super proud of her. Um, so we're all here to pour into you. Raise your hand. Now's the opportunity. Hi, Shanae. Actually, I have a question, if you don't mind. But that's why you're successful, Maria. <laughs> that's why. I'm serious. Maria always asks the best questions. And <laughs> you, you, know, you get the answer, and then you go do it, and you get the result. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's true. And I think I'm always, like, I try to be the first one to put up my hand. Even if I feel like the question is stupid. Even if I feel like, hey, maybe we've already talked about this. If I need more clarification. And I think that is something that sets me apart from other people because I know most people will not ask the questions. So, but thank you for saying that, Shanae. Um, but my question is actually for Shankar. And I know we touched base on this a little bit already, but I really wanted to talk about building like a team. Do you need a big team to get to seven figures? Because right now it's literally just me and my assistant and I've been able to get to, you know, like like a six-figure business. So I'm kind of in a dilemma where I'm thinking, should I be hiring more people? Should I be spending more money to make more money? But I'm also scared that if I spend more money, what if I don't see the results? And then I don't, I would hate to have to like let go of people. So I'd love your kind of thoughts on this, Shankar. And Shanae, if you have anything to add to that as well, please, it would be so helpful. And by the way, this has been so helpful so far. Thank you so much for doing this. Yes, uh, I do have a few thoughts for you. So, first of all, um, when, when we talk about six to seven figures, right, again, the definition of that is usually uh, annual revenue. So, what are your sales? But there is a distinction between uh, gross revenue and net profit, right? And I always like to focus on the number that really matters and that is the net profit what do i have at the end of the day and as a profit and you know you can have we have there's a lot of people who do uh, who are millionaires in revenue but they are actually losing money in profit 
And that can happen very easily if you increase your cost factor of your resources, your team members too fast. So be, be very, um, uh, what's the word, be very careful with that. I think the times are right for there to be more million-dollar single-person companies than ever before. I saw statistics recently uh, that outlined the probability of that as just continuing to increase, increase. And I mean, man, that, that's pretty awesome. Um, so I think when, when you talk about the team, you need to really look at what are the, the tools, the AI tools and the technologies these days that allow me to maximize the efficiency of a virtual assistant or of maybe one employee that you add to your team versus 10. And we are literally in a time where you can, if you know to select the right tool and if you know to implement it correctly, you can replace 10 employees with one smart individual who knows how to leverage an AI tool. And, you know, I, that is the truth and the reality. And some of you may not want to hear that because it does mean that a lot of us will be replaced by the AI. But that is the reality and the truth. And there is also opportunity in that, in being open-minded, in upskilling yourself and in seeing huge, huge potential in that. So, yes, be open to team growth, but be very conservative in approaching it. And um, that would be my answer. Okay, no, that makes total sense. Uh, thank you, Shankar. Um, I know maybe other people have more questions too, but I would really like to ask one more. And it's something, again, you talked about, you know, and Shanae talked about is, meeting and surrounding yourself with the right people that uplift you and yes like you get that in family but other than that how can you meet people in real life that are kind of doing the same things as you because I'm having such a hard time finding other people that are as crazy as me that do things that I do yeah and yeah. that's when I would really like to like get inspired by other people, especially mm -hmm. in real life. I know online it's much easier, but do you have any thoughts on that, Shanae or Shankar? Like, where should you go? Um, how should you approach it? Is it like networking events? What would be kind of the best way to find like-minded people that are also striving for similar things as you? Yes. Um, so I think... There was one thing that you said, which is that are similar to you or do the same thing. And that is um, something that you shouldn't focus on too much in like in the sense of find other corporate speaking coaches, for example. Yes, there yeah. is there is a place for masterminding and exchanging ideas. But the power happens when you start meeting people who uh, business system and business um, numbers wise are either at the same level or further ahead because that exposes you to new ideas and new connections um, where these people see in you opportunities that don't see that you don't see in yourself yet and also these people uh, can give you a, a referral so that you know within a minute you could have you you could take your business from six to seven just because of knowing the right people now in real <laughs> life where do you find those people that was part of your question uh, from my yes. experience it is uh, by seeking organizations that focus that are kind of um, very strict in guidelines of who can join it is typically there's requirements in minima of uh, money of um, revenue you make and also there are requirements of who you are and what type of stake you have in your company. So I I, do, I don't want to like plug a specific one here right now, but if you message me, I'll give you a few pointers to what options you have. And a lot of those are by invitation only, um, but there's one specifically where I can definitely uh, 
give you an invitation so or have you get an invitation so that in your city you will start knowing the top of uh, the top entrepreneurs the top business people within your field and uh, mm -hmm. th yeah so that would be my answer and it's a, it's a very good uh, question because uh, don't get me wrong networking online is super super important but the million dollar deals they are typically done in a second step where you meet in person yeah so i'll add to that um i think it's two things for me one things like i'm going to miami this weekend to spend time and meet someone but i originally i originally met that person online you know um i think like planned visits with certain people online are great um and they could lead to bigger business just when you meet that person online. That's one. Number two, I think that it's just about paying attention. So if I go to a local boutique, you know, I'll just make sure to ask like, oh, are you the owner? You know, and if it's the owner, then I'll start a conversation. Or, you know, the other day I was passing by some jewelry thing and This is a whole other story. I thought permanent jewelry meant it was attached to your skin. It's not. It's just jewelry <laughs> without clasps. So I asked the lady, I'm like, how does it not hurt with your skin? But then I realized she was the owner. Right? So she's like a local business owner. Yeah. Oh, I think, did Whoops. we lose Shanae? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I guess until she comes back, just one thing I personally wanted to add. So last year, I, I've been in the online business world uh, for back. the past. Oh, Shanae, you're back. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in, uh, this is another story, but I'm on a farm <laughs> right now. But um, okay. uh, like this, this story, I won't get into the details, but the farm owner turns out to be huge doctor mm -hmm. that owns a bunch of practices and now he wants us he wants to be a client like and like he you know rolls with more entrepreneurs so I think they're around you just have to kind of be I had to become more intentional about like maybe asking like who's the owner or you would like to meet them or because that's usually the person that's going to be more entrepreneurial and then they hang out with more entrepreneurs does that make sense Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I think when we're in the online world, we approach it very differently than we are in the real world. So I need to do a better job at maybe asking questions and looking out for things a little bit more. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Thanks, Shanae. Yeah, I, had, I had to become better at it myself. And then for your <laughs> first question, like, it's just, I'm real big on data, you know this. So let's mm -hmm. say if you're doing the webinar, um, It's just like, okay, what's driving the most thing? What's driving the most registrations? If it's the live and, and you're finding that it's a lot for you to plan the content and do the live and then clip the content, then the way that I hire is I, I do one skill. Like, and you could ask Shankar and Andrea the way that we're organizing things. Like, I don't want people doing more than one thing. So if someone's going to clip videos, that's going to be their job 40 hours a week or whatever like nothing mm -hmm. else um if they're gonna plan the live content then it's kind of think of it like a conveyor belt then that's gonna be the thing so i like to look at the skill sets that help drive the thing that matters most for the business which mm -hmm. in your case it depends what the offer is currently right so um, that's where I would start if I were you, because then you will see an immediately kind of result in the revenue and you won't have that fear. Right. And then once there's enough cash flow coming in monthly, then there's other hires that you can make that don't immediately impact that top number, but you need mm -hmm. that now to build the team. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes does sense. That, does that make a little sense? Yeah, of course, definitely. Um, one thing that I just wanted to add, like from my own experience that I think might be helpful to people is I'm still very new in this world. It, I've been in this world maybe three years and I still feel like a baby. But I think one of the biggest lessons for me has been to just be like a sponge and just keep learning and learn from people that have already done what you want to do. 
and pay them what they're asking for. Because when I first, you know, left my job, I was so hesitant. I'm like, what is this going to be about? Like, if I pay somebody money, will I get results and all of that stuff? So I think just like a lesson for me has been this past few years is just keep learning because things evolve so fast and you have to keep up or else you're going to get left behind. So that's just something I wanted to add. But uh, thank you so much, Shanae and Shankar. This was very, very helpful. This thing, I could only see us in the room. So <laughs> Dominic, I think you're next. Okay, perfect. Can you hear me okay, Shanae? Yeah. All right, excellent. Um, thank you so much for the space, first of all. Thank you, uh, Shanae. Thank you. Maria, Shankar, Andrea, thank you everybody for creating this space and, and having this time, this conversation. I believe it's really valuable for us as entrepreneurs to be able to have these open conversations like this and be able to think in a lot of cases outside of the box. And my question is, is a little bit of one of those outside of the box thinkings. And, and I'm going to try and word this in a way that it makes sense. And, and I hope that I do a good job with this. But looking at the seven-figure business and just keeping with the topic of the room this, this day, when I look at that, I, I see a couple of things in just the title alone. So first, I see seven figures, which that in itself can be one goal. And then I look at the word business as well. And so as I'm listening and I'm, I'm looking at the title, I'm thinking, if as an entrepreneur, my goal is to scale to seven figures, then is it possible to do that um, beyond just one business per se? Because where I am in my business right now is I'm approaching the six-figure mark and then looking beyond that, I'm, I'm wondering if it would be good for me to begin to look at some other streams that could perhaps bring Dominique's net worth to that seven figures and not necessarily one specific business per se. Um, and, I, and I hope that I'm on topic here. I, yeah. I, I know the title is seven figure business, but I'm just curious. Yeah, go ahead. I think it depends on personality, risk tolerance, and the stage that you're at it in your life. Because there's like, if you look at, like, the richest people in the world, there's people like Warren Buffett who have multiple streams of whatever, right? And then there's people like Elon Musk who basically just goes all in on himself over and over and over again. Um, and both work. But one is more risky than the other. Um, but you could argue that Elon is half Warren's age, right? Um, so... Did he do it faster? I don't know. Right. So um, I think like if you're in a stage in your life where you could handle more risk and you really believe in what you're building, like personally for me, it would like my thing will have to grow to like nine figures for me to consider something else just because of the opportunity cost and like the energy cost of me to have to focus on something like second or third, like I can only, I'm the type of person I can only focus on one thing at a time. So even if there's going to be other investments or real estate or whatever, I want really nothing to do with that energy wise, because I want to focus on the thing that I love number one, and that's producing the most results, but that's me. And I'm, you know, if I were 65, I'd probably have a different answer. Um, and if I were less risk averse, I'd probably have a different answer. So I think that there's no right or wrong way, but I have seen people where it's like, I have 10 businesses, but even with the 10 businesses, they, they don't hit seven figures. So I think it's just because their attention's all over the place. Um, yeah. That's right. You want to go next, Andrea? No, I think I was just going to say the exact same thing. You know, spreading yourself too thin can burn you out and lead to exhaustion and fatigue far sooner than it would have if you would have just concentrated on what brings the most money, on the top clients, and all of these kinds of things. Because look, you know, you are a person who should be thinking of scaling, but when it makes sense and not growing too fast. 
And it's great to see big. That's part of being a visionary, part of being a founder, CEO. But when you can master what you do really well, there's so many skills that you're able to transfer over, whether it be just having multiple streams of income that aren't necessarily like a whole business, um, you know, and then you, you get into the type of business that matters as well. I think it really depends, depends on how you approach it and how involved you want to be as well, because there are certain things you can't get away from as founder, like immediately. Sometimes things need to get in a motion where you're able to have these systems put in place. And that requires time because you need to know what works and doesn't work. You need to be able to measure. You need to be able to have a feedback loop system, all these kinds of things so you can work out and tweak things so that it becomes so good that then you may move on to something else. But that's just me speaking personally. I, I, I would say, like, I'm, I'm just really happy that I have a team and doing multiple things as one person and being all over the place can really burn you out when you just don't have to. Yeah, and I'll add this. I think it also adds how familiar they are. Like, sometimes I think that if you just focus on the one thing, businesses can evolve from that. So if you look mm -hmm. at Amazon AWS, like the cloud stuff, whatever, that everybody uses, they, that business was created as a result of a problem that they were trying to fix internally with their storage and stuff. And then they're like, well, why don't we just charge everyone for this, you know, cloud stuff? And so, but they were like, it was a result of focusing on the main thing, right? So if it's a business like that, that kind of makes sense. But like if you're doing like tech and then you're going to go launch a plumbing company and then you're going to, you know, be a speaker and like it's all over the place. And I see people do that. And, you know, some people do well with it. Some people don't. So I think it also just depends, like, where do you thrive? Uh, yes, I agree with every, everything that has been said. I think the default sound question is is the one you know if you spread your attention you will have less force on that one thing there is a but uh, and the but is and that is that's where the personality comes in and i'm speaking learning from my mentors those in the very high seven figures the eight figures and nine figures um at some point when you get into the eight figures, your muscle of business leadership and business creation has become so strong that a lot of these people inevitably become uh, in some form or fashion investors or serial entrepreneurs in that sense where, and it was alluded to earlier, they have varying levels of active participation. But what you addressed, Dominic, where you basically said, you know, uh, can I bring aspects of a completely different as a, a completely different business? Can I bring those contacts and put them in touch with uh, what the main business is that Dominic does? Uh, yes, and that very often on those seven, eight, nine figure levels happens because you have a passive stake in another business where you have a consultation. You, you, may, you might just be an advisory uh, board member, right? Um, and um, yeah, that's kind of what I have to add to that. I know we gave you a hundred answers, <laughs> but I hope it helped. Yes, yes, very helpful. Thank you, thank you so much. If, if I could ask one more question real quick and then I don't know how to drop back down to the audience from here. No, but, that's fine, um, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so my, my last question would be in terms of growing and scaling, um, I've, I've been kind of reading and studying up on some different ways to, to take your business to higher levels, um, but one, one particular approach I kind of have some reservations about, and it's with the idea of running ads and, and investing in your business from that standpoint. 
And I would just kind of love to hear, you know, since we're talking about a seven figure business, building your business or growing it from, say, five or six figures into seven figures, how important is running ads or uh, creating that kind of presence or exposure? How important is that to grow to that seven figure number? So personally, I don't do any ads. Um, but that doesn't mean that they don't work. So again, it's kind of like there's people that have built seven, eight figure businesses only through running ads. And then there's people like me who have built business through no ads ever. It's just organic. Um, I would say that if you're going to run ads from the get go, your cost of learning is going to be higher up front. So it was kind of um, a blessing in disguise for me because when I started, I didn't have the funds to run ads. So I had to build brand organically, but it turned out to be the best thing because organic brand has far more return in the long run. You just have to be more patient. And like when, like when I do start running ads, the only reason which I haven't is because we're not ready. If I start running ads today, like the system, <laughs> like we're going to, Entrea, you see Entrea right there? Yes, She'll please kill me. No. Yeah, like we cannot handle anymore right now. So if I turn on that faucet, right, we're going to break. Um, but that's just because the organic brand has been built. If, I, if no one knows you, it's just about um, like if I were you and you wanted to run ads, find the best ad person that has case studies in the type of business that you're trying to build that has recent and relevant case studies. If they're honest, they'll probably tell you that it's going to take anywhere between five to $20,000 to really learn and see what's working best and whatever, and then just double down on what's working best. Um, but I can't really give you too much insight there. I can refer you to a few people that the only thing they do is ads because just I, it's not my zone of genius. I don't do it. I love that. Thank you so much, Shanae. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I would move down to the audience, but I don't know how. Oh, yeah, I'll put you down. <laughs> and Shankar, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, no, I I am on the same page as you. Uh, you know, you always have a primary talent and skill for something. And, uh, you, you know, that might be organic or ads. And that is typically whatever your strength is, it is what gives you your initial momentum and then you need the exact opposite to get to seven or eight figures and in that case as Shanae mentioned it's time for you to know okay this is not my skill set and I need help from someone who has demonstrated expertise in it. Shankar, this is your room. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> you want to keep answering questions or what? Are you done? Let's get one more question. Right. Um, and the then, Rona. Yep. The Rona. Lerona, you have to unmute yourself. You're on stage, so find the microphone on the right-hand side, the microphone icon, and unmute yourself. Nope. No. So, and, and that's kind of something that I want to just... Um, it's really good. When you're trying to build a certain type of business, this is just the last final share. Try to find someone that has built it based on the strength of your matching skills, right? So if you're finding that like you do great with webinars, you need to find someone that has done 10x what you've done, but that built their business on webinars because some people like they'll, they'll be um, a webinar builder, like they'll do great on webinars, right? But then they'll go to somebody in their space, but the person that they go to built their business through cold calls, right? Or through ads. So even though they're 10 times bigger, they can't give them the advice that they need because it's like a different model, right? So just keep that in mind. You know, when people come to me and they're like, oh, I want to do this with cold ads or cold calls or cold DMs, 
I am not your girl because I didn't build my business with cold calls, cold or ads. If you want to do content, if you want to do challenges, webinars, any of that, I can help you any day. But you've got to be cognizant of your own strengths and just your own strengths will be revealed through the data, not what you think your strengths are, right? So that's a different conversation. But what the data is telling you that your strengths are, and then you've got to be cognizant of finding a mentor that matches the model of your strengths, not that built their business completely different, even though it's in the same space. So that's the last thing that I'll share. And Shankar, it's your room, so. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm getting a text from Andrea. I think Andrea is hungry. So that, my dear friends. Oh, we gotta go. <laughs> I don't want a hangry Andrea. Did you just call me out like that in broad daylight? <laughs> <laughs> We've got to go before Shankar gets attacked. <laughs> All right. No, thank you, everyone. Shanae, Andrea, Maria, for your precious time. Thank you, dear listeners, for having been with us. This room would not be what it is without you. Uh, again, don't forget to click Shanae's link in her profile. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And also, if you know someone who can be benefit from being in touch with us, Please, please, please um, send those people uh, our information. Uh, for now, have a great rest of your morning, afternoon or evening, whatever it may be. And a love, peace and light to you. Bye-bye.